the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer and Time Insights again. Thank you so much for listening. We're staying on our same topic. This means war part number four. This means war part four. A little bit poetic there. We've been talking about the fact that we're trying to awaken the the church and the body of Christ, that there's a, a spiritual aspect to what's happening in our nation, of course. And the church is the only one who's equipped to fight this in the realm of the spirit. You know, we've got politicians and we've got doctors and we've got representatives and we've got people that are doing their thing out there in the realm of the flesh. They're, they're passing laws. They're trying to come up with, what do you call it, um, vaccines and everything like that. Not sure that we need one, but they're doing what they can. And it's our job as the church to do what we can. We are a separate entity. Our fight, our power, our witness is in the realm of the spirit. And we've got the Holy Spirit living inside us so that we can do this successfully. We left off on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We spoke about that, that we've got armor. Uh, we're to wear it. It is not our armor. It's the armor of God. And the purpose of that armor is so that we can stand against the wiles, the strategies, the deceptions, the trickery that Satan brings. And I mentioned the fact that the church, uh, one of the scriptures is that do not be ignorant of the devil's devices. And one of the phraseology that's used to describe his assault was that he circumvents us. Sometimes he will go around us rather than face us head on. And that's what he did. He kind of hid the assault on the church in the reaction to the virus. If he had just came out and challenged the church and tried to shut us down, we probably would have been aware, we would have recognized it, and we would have stopped him. But he came around us. He hid the assault on the church within the deception played on the American people concerning the virus to bring fear. And in that fear, the churches were shut down. And that's called an end around. And he did that. That's happened already. But now that we're knowing about it, now that it's become evident to us as church members about this assault, it's time for us to be responding. And I am telling you about the weaponry that God has given you. It's described by Paul here. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And if anything, over the last week or two, we have seen how the, the China virus overreaction has truly hidden the agenda to silence the church, to keep us irrelevant, non-essential in the background, out of the fight. We must not let that happen. God has called us to be warriors, not snowflakes. Rick Green was doing a teaching and he was talking about, you know, the church is full of snowflakes and I feel bad. You know, he's right. We're not standing. You know, if I see one more mask 
sitting in a pew on Sunday. I'm just going to scream. It's bad enough I have to watch these people go out there deceived in the stores, thinking that they're at risk, thinking that they're going to die because of what Satan has used the medical community to promote as fear, telling us that this disease has characteristics that it doesn't. Truth be told, wearing a mask is actually more harmful for you than not allowing the natural antibodies in the body to kick in. The human body is a fabulous creation by God, and he's made us strong, and we're able to fight off these things. And we just need not mess up the natural order that God has. You know, we've messed up the natural order in so many areas in America. Gay marriage, messing up the divine order for marriage. You know, homosexuality, messing up the divine order for sex between a man and a woman in a marriage. I mean, just so many things. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. Just so many things that we have done that have violated the order of God. And like my pastor's wife says all the time, truly, America is out of order. And we are seeing that. Back to this, I want to show you that Paul uses terms of combat when he's describing our spiritual warfare. Even when he's not talking about spiritual warfare, he talks about uh, Scripture using terms of combat to prepare us because God did not place us here in a playground. He placed us here on a battleground. And that's an important thing that we need to remember that we are to engage the enemy, not run from the enemy, as we have seen us do this past month or two. Paul uses terms of combat over and over again. And unfortunately, the church in America doesn't get that. We don't fight. We're unwilling to defend. We sin. We are carnal. And we have no power to restrain the enemy, which is why unless the church publicly repents, nationally repents, and asserts its dominion in the area of our jurisdiction, which is the area of the spirit, to include rebuking homosexuality and abortion in national and local forms, You know, we're just going to remain weak. We're going to be disengaged. And Paul explains our fight in clear terms in verse 12. Now, Paul is talking about verse 11. He's telling us to put on the armor of God, telling us why. And then in 13, he he goes back to that point. But verse 12, he's interrupted by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God wants us to know the identity and the the makeup of the weaponry that is formed against us. And verse 12, he says, Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That wrestle word means close physical contact in a, like a wrestling match, hand-to-hand combat. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So he gives us four characteristics of the enemy in the realm of the spirit that we are engaged in combat with. Number one, there's principalities. Number two, there's powers. Number three, there's rulers of darkness of this world. And number four, spiritual wickedness in high places. And we need to be able to recognize which one is in operation when we are in this close hand-to-hand spiritual combat, as it were. The word for wrestle here, it's, uh, it's connotated to mean that our combat with the enemy, unfortunately, is intimate. You know, when we want to save our ground troops, we bring in planes or we have tanks to soften up the enemy positions. Well, that's not the type of warfare that the church in America is engaged in. We are engaging the enemy in close physical contact, not Satan. We don't fight Satan. Jesus did that already. He openly spoiled him. He made a show of principalities openly. He he bruised Satan's head. He destroyed him, and he is sentenced to eternity in the lake of fire. Yet our battle is, once again, against principalities. It's against powers, the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
you know, as I'm sitting here reading this, I'm getting a revelation. That's why we are the children of light, because we are battling against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And the way that we battle them is we shine our light on them. Remember, Jesus is coming back. He's going to destroy the Antichrist with the brightness of his coming. We need to shine. The church has not really been shining. They've got us stuck in the corner in the back. We can have church. We can't put the lights on. We got to wear masks and all this other good stuff. And we just have to be wise that our lights are to shine and they're to shine wherever we go. We are not intimidated. There is no place the church cannot go in America. There is nothing the church cannot do in America. There are no restrictions. There is no social distancing. All of this does not pertain to the church. We are a different people, a holy people. We have got to show up and show out who God is, that we are are different. We know God. There is light in the land of Goshen. We have relationships with the creator of the earth, and that's our witness. And we need to make sure that as part of our spiritual uh, combat, that none of this, it gets forgotten. None of this is hidden. You know, we don't put our candle under a bushel. We're out there for all to see. If we have to suffer persecution, if we have to take the blows, we take the blows. Dave Gusick writes that Paul used a variety of terms to refer to our spiritual enemies. We should regard them as being on many different levels and of many different ranks, yet they all have one goal, and that's to knock the Christian down from their place of standing. I say this all the time. The devil is OCD. He's organized, he's committed, and he is disciplined. We should follow that because it it works well for him, obviously. And these are like similar to angelic rank because I know the angels have ranks also. Wherefore, take unto you the armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day having done all to stand. That's verse 13. So we see Paul saying basically the same thing in 11. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand. Holy Spirit interrupts him to give us a breakdown of the order of the spiritual wickedness that we are fighting against. And then Paul comes back again in verse 13. Take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand, to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, verse 13. 14, having your loins girt about with truth. And I'm going to camp there today because that is so important. Paul's about to describe the individual pieces of the armor of God that we are wearing. And the first one he talks about is your loins girt about with truth. And it's no mistake. He starts there. I love truth. I'm a truth guy. You know, we use our words to paint pictures of truth. And many of us in the church with good hearts, we're trying to stand, but we're unable because we aren't fully dressed. And we aren't fully dressed if we don't read our Bibles because the Bible says that the word of God is truth. Remember Jesus talking to Pilate and Pilate says, what's truth? Well, earlier on in uh, John, uh, I think it was eight at that point, Jesus tells him, hey, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. John 14, six, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father but by me. Jesus is truth. And of course, Jesus is also the word of God. The word of God is truth. The Bible talks about in John 17 that we're sanctified by the truth, by the word of God and truth. I think it's one of the most underestimated aspects of the the entire word of God. Many of us in the church, good hearts, we're trying to stand, but we're not reading our Bibles. How can you stand? How can you have your, your loins protected by the truth, by the word of God, if you're not reading your Bible? We must return to reading our Bibles. We're going out there. We're not fully dressed. You know, we don't know. We don't meditate on what we read. They don't read the Bible from the pulpits anymore. We're not encouraged to read our Bibles in our homes anymore. When the Romans were fighting, the Roman warrior, he put on his belt first because everything else, the, the breastplate, the 
uh, the sword, the spear, the um, the leggings, they all were connected to that belt of truth in one way or another. The truth in the armor of the Roman warrior, it carried the rest of the armament that he needed. It supported it. It's the same way with the Word of God. That's a perfect picture. The Word of God supports everything else that you're doing here. It supports your faith. It supports your worship. It supports everything that you're doing as a child of God. You must have that belt of truth on. You must Invest in the Word of God. If you want God's best, you must invest. God's very best is the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Truth, the Word of God, is the foundation of who you are as a Christian. John four twenty three. Your worship, but in the hour cometh now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It's the foundation of our worship. Truth. We don't worship God out of just an emotional sense of thankfulness or gratefulness or you're God and I'm not. We worship God effectively based on the word of God, the father in spirit and in truth. First Timothy 3.15, you got to know this. It's how we ought to know how God, uh, we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. What a great scripture. 1 Timothy 3.15, Paul writes this, Timothy, that you may know how you ought to behave in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Our behavior in the household of God or in the little place where we worship the house of God, it must be done properly because the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. When I go to church on Sunday, you had better tell me the truth. I don't want any nice stories. I don't need any platitudes. I don't want a pat on the back. If that word of God convicts me of sin, so be it. It convicts me of sin. If that word of God blesses me, it blesses me. If it challenges me, it challenges me. If it rebukes me, it rebukes me. But I need that truth. I want truth. Frankly, I'm a little bit surprised at how people can preach so comfortably on Sunday morning about faith and about other things that we're doing while we're in church and we're submitting to Satan's dictates on how we can operate in. We just read it here, First Timothy 3.15, knowing that the house of God is the church of the living God. And the Bible says the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. We don't let Satan dictate to us how we operate in our churches. I'm sorry, where'd you get that from? Okay, maybe we got a little bit blindsided when Satan circumvented us when the edicts first came down. You got to wear a mask, you got to stay six feet apart, you can't hug, you can't kiss, you can't take communion, you can't pray to lay hands on the sick. I'm sorry, those are church doctrines. Let me read it again, First Timothy 3.15. You ought to know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. God is in charge of the church. It's God's church. It's not Satan's church. How dare Satan come in to our church buildings and tell us what we can do and what we can't do? Who does he think he is? I'm doing a series on another, uh, and it's called Just Whose Church Is This Anyway? It's God's church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. We don't let anybody tell us what we can do in that building. I'm sorry. We don't let the government tell us. We don't make laws in America that rule and reign over the church. We definitely don't let Satan come into our own backyard without fighting him, without defending him, without casting him out and telling him to go. And yet that's exactly what's happening in our churches. We're letting Satan dictate to the behavior of the church of God. That's unacceptable. That's why we're teaching you the stuff about truth. Catch this. 
God sent us the spirit of truth. He didn't send us the spirit of love, even though God is love. He didn't send us the spirit of mercy, even though there's new mercy every day. He didn't send us the spirit of grace, even though grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. And he does not show up unless the Holy Spirit is there. Or better speaking, the Holy Spirit cannot show up where truth isn't. If you are not preaching the truth, if you are not living by truth, if you are not exalting the truth and reading the truth, which is, after all, Jesus, it's the word of God. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. If we are ignoring church, if we are ignoring truth in our churches, or worse yet, if we're promoting things that aren't true, then the Holy Spirit is under no obligation to show up. And yet we think we can have a great church service while we're living in deception. I'm sorry, we cannot do church according to the dictates of the devil. That has got to stop. It's got to stop now. You know, how do how can I say Because I know the truth. I know the truth that it's God's church. I know the truth that Jesus is the head of the church. And I know that there's a proper order to church. I know that if we're going to sing songs and worship God, we must worship God according to the spirit and truth. We just can't do what we want to do on one hand, let somebody else tell us what we're to do on the other hand, and think God is going to show up and bless our services. I'm sorry, it just doesn't work that way. Paul reiterates his command for the church to stand in verse 14. I don't think we're standing. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. The very first piece of the armor that the church is to be wearing is truth. We can go no further in our worship. We can go no further in demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit of God without the truth. We must have the truth. Rick Renner's got two books that I'm studying. He's written them both. They're really good. One of them is called Spiritual Warfare. It's Dressed to Kill. I love the title, Dressed to Kill. And it talks about the Christian and the armament that God's given him. It talks about other spiritual aspects such as forgiveness and um, worship and fear. Things that can interfere with us operating even when we're dressed in our armor. We must We must learn about spiritual warfare. We have been taking a beating. America is crying out for us. America needs us. You know, I say this all the time. The church is here now. This is what's happening to America with the church here. Can you imagine when the church is pulled out of the earth before the wrath of God is revealed and the judgment on Israel and the nations that persecuted her come about? Man, this is what's going on now. We need to rise up in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ's name. I believe our best days are ahead. I believe that's about to happen. But people like me aren't telling you, training you, preparing you, because there's greater battles than this coming, man. My pastor says this is tribulation, right? I think he hit the nail on the head. Tribulation light is here. Tribulation medium is coming. Tribulation squared is right down the road and we have got to be prepared to stand against the enemy stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth that means you wrap this truth around you you put this truth inside you you live this truth you eat this truth man cannot live by bread alone and you preach this truth and you tell it we have got to run satan off from our churches i am just so offended by that that just bothers me you cannot have the presence of god's holy spirit without truth let me say it this way If you are missing truth, you are missing God's spirit as well. You cannot have a move of God. You cannot have a move of his spirit without the spirit of truth. So we've got the Holy Ghost. He's the spirit of truth, and he leads us and guides us in the way that we should go. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I know the truth. 
I don't have to wear a mask in church. I hug everybody I see. I'm sorry. I pray for people everywhere I go. I, I just am not playing. I am coronavirus free in the name of Jesus. I am not participating in the fear that has gripped our nation. I am working. I am making money. I am giving money. I am going about doing the Father's business. Why? Because I'm a great Christian? No, because I know the truth. I have my loins girt about with truth. I am up and running. I am a combatant. I am not running from the enemy. I'm doing business in kingdom waters. I am standing and he's not paying me any mind. He's going to people that aren't standing. He's going to people that don't know the truth. You know, Jesus was asked by Pilate, Jesus, what is truth? He's about to crucify him. He didn't want to, but he wanted to know what is truth. What a great question. People ask that question all the time. Once again, it's so simple. I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. When we reject the truth, when we don't read the word of God, basically we're rejecting Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus says, I never knew you. Or if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before God. One of the ways we deny Jesus is by not putting our weaponry on, by not wearing the belt of truth. When we don't preach the truth, we're denying Jesus Christ. When we don't defend the truth, we're denying Jesus Christ. When we don't read the truth, we are denying Jesus Christ. I am the truth. We need to come back to the place where we have a respect for who God is, a respect for the word of God. Jesus himself said that he is the truth. Jesus is the word. Absolute truth is found in one place and one place only, the Bible. You cannot be an effective warrior for Christ without the word of God, the word of truth. The person who leads you and guides you, that person who daily speaks to you is the spirit of truth. You need him. You need to listen to him. John sixteen thirteen. by the way, the Gospel of John, my favorite book in the entire Bible. I love it. I love the intimacy that John had with Christ. I love basically John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. It's all in red. And in my Bible, that means that these are all the words of Jesus Christ. John sixteen thirteen, and this is Jesus talking to the disciples. Howbeit, when the Spirit, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. I love that. As a Christian, the Spirit of truth lives inside me, and one of his jobs is to guide me into all truth. I know the truth about the coronavirus. I know the truth about the cowardice of the church. I know the truth about how we fix this. I know the truth about the steps that need to be implemented by leaders in our church to get the church back up and running so we can combat this, so that we can resist it. I'm telling you, if we had been prepared spiritually, the church, if we had been defending as we should have, I believe if we had not been killing our babies, we have not been promoting homosexuality. I believe if the church was up and running, none of this stuff would be happening. And this virus never would have been allowed to come across our shores. In Jesus' name, we got to know who we are. And we got to start acting like what Jesus said about us is true. I love it. Jesus sent us the spirit of truth. Luke 4.4. 4. I said that one. Uh, of course, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word out of the mouth of God. See, the word of God is sustenance for the church. The church is starving. You know, the church is undernourished. The church is malnourished. The church is not eating the word of God. We don't have our belt on. You can't connect the breastplate of righteousness properly. You cannot wear that properly until you put your belt on. And you cannot attach the sword or the spear. You cannot attach the sword or the spear to the breastplate like it's supposed to be until that's connected to the belt. You got to read your Bibles. You got to read your Bibles. One of my favorite scriptures is in Philippians. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, 
Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will mount garrison over your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. The devil wants two things. A, he wants your mind. Don't forget, the battle is not in your mind. It's for your mind. And the other thing he wants is your faith. Remember, Jesus said, Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, for what? That your faith would fail not. It's everything working together. It's the Holy Spirit inside us feeding us the truth where we become strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's then demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit of God through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, telling people the truth because we love them and rescuing them from the flames of eternal hell. I just wanted to give you that first weapon, the first piece of armor. It's so important. I'm going to pray that God would give you a supernatural hunger for the Word of God, that you would desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you would grow there by it, that you would speak the truth in love. I pray that God gives you a revelation of who He is based on the Word of God. Father, keep them, watch over them, protect them, Father God. Raise them up into men and women of God in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.